is it chaos or is it divine order? See, you can't always see the whole situation beforehand, right, before it unfolds. Only God knows all things. God knows it all. He knows the end from the beginning, right? He's omniscient, right? Sometimes there's a delay in the answers to your prayer, right? Sometimes you go, it was unanswered. Was it really unanswered or was it just answered in a way you didn't have sight for? And sometimes uh, you look back, when you, when you look back and you go, God's protection was upon my life the whole time and I didn't understand it. I misunderstood it. God was overriding something. Sometimes there's an overriding effect going on. You don't even know. You don't realize, right? But there was something planned by the enemy, far, far worse. It wasn't planned by God. We just read what the word of the Lord said. We just read in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I think, right, towards you, thoughts of peace, not of evil. We just read that all things, right, are going to work together for good for those who love the Lord. So Sometimes you have to realize there are things that are going on that you do not know. They are unexpected to you, but they were planned by the enemy. They were traps that were put in your way. And there was a, a, uh, there, there was a delay, and, and some were frustrated and even so frustrated to the point to where they're frustrated with the Lord because they thought it was God wasn't listening. God didn't care. God wasn't paying attention. That Do not fall into that trap. Do not fall into that trap. If that's where you're going in your mind, it's time right now to say, Father, forgive me. You are God and I am not. You are God. You stay the same. Your word stays the same. It doesn't change. So we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you when we don't understand. We're going to trust you. We're going to trust you when it looks like this is never ending. We're going to trust you. We're going to trust you when it looks like the opposite is happening. We're going to trust you. And we're going to be in peace while we're trusting him. We're going to be in peace, right? So in James 1 and 3, it says, but the testing of your faith produces perseverance and it sets you up to finish well. So let's paraphrase, that it, and 3 and 4, that it sets you up to finish well. The testing of your faith produces perseverance, the keeping on, keeping on kind of faith, right? And it sets you up to finish well. And I've talked to you before about finishing well. So he's the God of divine order. Say he's the God of divine order. He is in control if you're submitted to him. People go, God's not in control. Look at this mess. No. And so then I've heard some say that he's in charge. Let's, let's just say he's in charge. That's fine. You can say he's in charge. You can say he's in control. But you know what? He is in control to those that are submitted to him. So that even when things seem to be going crazy, they're like haywire. Things are twisted. They're backwards, right? If you stay submitted to him, you will see the hand of the Lord upon your lives to literally turn that thing around because God is truly for you. He's not against you. He is a good God. And he is working out his end, which is already written. Right? So divine order, God's divine order. We don't stand for chaos. Anytime a situation is chaotic in your life, you have to realize the enemy is the author of chaos. God is the author of divine order. So if there's chaos going on, you have to realize God, yes, is allowing it for some reason, but some of that might be for you to arise and say, this is not of God. This stops now because I am here. I'm on watch. And so it stops right now.
chaos, chaos, get rid of the chaos. Chaos is control get rid and, and confusion. Get rid of the confusion. So Jesus was never anxious. He was never worried. Jesus was never worried. Now, he got diverted many times, but he was always on God's timing, perfect timing. He, you know, he was just, like, in other words, he was pulled in different directions. How many of you would say, I've been pulled in many different directions lately? But he was always on God's time, perfect timing, right? God's timetable is perfect, right? So stay submitted and stay alert because chaos is not, not, it's not acceptable, right? But divine order is what we issue because we are submitted to the one who knows it all. Amen. You remember when Jairus' uh, daughter was sick and they called for Jesus and then here comes the woman with the issue of blood. He is on his way when what? There was something that intercepted. There were, some would say there was, that was a delay. So much to the point to where they said, oh, don't even bother coming. She's dead. But Jesus didn't let earthly statements stop his walk. He didn't let earthly situations, things that seemed so apparent to literally limit him. He didn't let it. He didn't let it. He knew something. But we also know something, that we are connected to, to the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We're connected to him in the inner man. And so we have access to the throne. We have access to everything that he is and has. We have access to the answer. We have access to the, to even to the, the process of the answer. Sometimes you don't know the answer, but you know the process. You know how to walk. You know how to walk with the Holy Spirit. You know how to, God is saying, go here, do this. I hear it. I sense him. I understand. And you do so. Even when you don't know fully the answer, right? So Jairus, he calls for him. Calls, oh, come, my daughter is sick. To the point of dying. And then the woman with the issue of blood comes because she's desperate and she speaks and she's like, you, you know the story, she's reaching out, she's pulling virtue from Jesus, means pulling power from Jesus and he turns around and he says, who touched me? And you know the story because all of these people are touching you, but there was one touch that changed it all for her and it was her touch, not everybody else, right? One, that was faith, right? But all this is happening while there was a father begging for Jesus to come because you're bleeding. Hey, I understand you've been bleeding for a long, long time, and that's pretty bad. But my daughter is about ready to die. Like for some of us, we'd be like, my goodness, which one is worse, right? Which one is Well, the woman that's about ready to die may need a little bit more attention and may need it right now. But God's never in a hurry. Jesus was diverted by this woman with the issue of, of blood, but he was not frazzled. He wasn't like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? God has an appointed time, an appropriate end for the believer. Learn to trust in his timing. Learn to trust in the timing of the Lord. You know, for some of us, it's some of the things that we have gone through, or maybe currently are, are pretty, uh, pretty serious. And, you know, you look at one another and you see the smiling faces, but you don't know what people deal with. You don't. Not necessarily, right? Not, not, not really. You, you know, you come and you, people smile and everyone looks put together and they look great. But you don't know when they lay their head on the pillow what's really going on deep within that individual's life or lives. Those connected 
right, to her or him. You don't know, but you do know this. We do know that we've been instructed by the King of kings and the Lord of lords to trust him fully, completely. Even when it looks like there are delays everywhere around. Even when it looks like, my goodness, why is God doing that for this individual? Don't you see me? Don't you see how long, how bad? Don't you see what's going on? Well, I'm so happy for you, but what's going on here? Why the delay, Jesus? Hold on. Deliverance is coming. So we have to re be literally resolved within us. We have to have this resolve on the inside of us that we will live with him and be anxious for nothing. We will live literally connected to him and be anxious for nothing. Anxiety does not come from God. And so when you see the chaos, guess what comes right? And it's like they're brothers, chaos and anxiety. They go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. You think confusion, um, chaos. Anxiety is right there, which is fear. It goes hand in hand. It just goes together. Uh-uh. No. Don't let it. We're to walk in the face of God. What did we just encounter? My goodness. This is how we are to live. The holiness of God. The encounter of God. The peace. Was that not full of peace? Because he is peace. Author and the perfecter of our faith. But he's also peace. Jesus is peace. Fully. Complete. Fully and complete. 100%. Okay, let's, let's turn our Bibles to John 11. Because delaying Lazarus' resurrection created a sold-out dependency for Martha and a deeper intimacy for Mary. So what they would have never wanted, the delay, was actually working for them. Let's look at John and chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and his sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. She loved God. She loved Jesus. Now her brother is sick. Therefore, says the sisters went to him saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. There was a word of prophecy right there. He's saying, no, he's sick. He's saying it's for the glory of God. It's not going to end in death. Yeah, but he's sick. But this is going to not end in death. It's not going to end the way you see, the way you see it today. It's not going to end that way. It's for the glory of God. So some of you are taking that word, and I'm glad to hear it, because you need to take that word. It's not what it looks like. No, you're not crazy. If you've been standing in faith for a long time, and you've been told that you're crazy, I am here to tell you today, you are not crazy. You heard from God. You heard from God. God does not go back on his word. And so he says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And it says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he had heard that he was sick, he stayed 
two more days. Of course you did, Jesus. He stayed two more days in the place that he was. Of course, Jesus. Why not? You wouldn't have had it any other way. You wouldn't have been running to that assignment going, oh, no, you don't in the name of Jesus. I bind that. I cast that out. Not that that's wrong, but Jesus was always connected with the Father, and he knew exactly where to be and exactly what time to be there, right? And so there was no, he was not frazzled, he was not stressed out, he was not walking in fear, he wasn't literally walking in trepidation, wondering what God was going to do. He already knew. Wake up, church, because so do we. We already know the will of God. And if we just walk in sync with the will of God, we know we will have that beautiful outcome. We have it. No matter how bad it looks, we have it. So then, verse 7, then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. Let's jump down to verse 11. Yeah, 11, 11. These things he said... After that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go to wake him. Jesus knew not only was he sick, but he's actually dead, but he's not going to be dead. He's not. He's not going to. He knew. Oh, my goodness. We have the mind of Christ. And if we could just stay connected to the spirit of God in an intimate way, we too will know this is not that. What you see is not what you think. This is not what you're being told. This, everybody else thinks you're crazy. They'll tell you you're crazy. They'll say that you're operating in faith, which means you're denying the truth. But no, this is not that. Have the word of God then hang on to it. You have the word of God, hang on to it. The enemy wants to seal your faith and he wants to literally just, just seduce you to a crumb, but no, absolutely not. Not on my watch. Come on, church. Not on your watch. Verse 12, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. I mean, you got to give him credit, you know. They tried. He tried. However, Jesus spoke of his death. It says, however, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about taking a rest in sleep. So Jesus turns and says to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. It's like, wake up. But it's not going to remain that way, right? Not going to remain. He says, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad he died. I mean, that's kind of what he's saying. I'm glad I wasn't there, and I'm glad he died. I'm glad he died for your sakes so that you could wake up and see the power of God at work. I'm glad that it looked like this was final. I'm glad that you were tormented. Not that God wants to torment you. Don't be the pool in this one thing. Oh, my God, look at what she believes in. Do you hear her? No. He says, I'm glad that this happened so you'd wake up and see the truth. That I am truly for you. I am the one that resurrects the dead. I am the one that works for you, not against you. If that's what it took to wake you up, then that's what it took. Basically, that's kind of what he's saying. If that's what it takes, if that's what it takes. But I'm telling you, you're going to see a resurrection. You're going to see the power of God. Ultimate protection. So when Jesus came, verse 17, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Most people would have turned around and said, too late. It's too late, but not Jesus. It's too late. Oh, no, it's not too late. It's never too late. When God says, I've given you marching orders, you better march. 
and you better do the will of God. So let's jump down to verse 21. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, revelation comes and in, in, it's like progressive. So she didn't have the revelation that even if he's dead, he still can, like, just hold on. Just hold on. He says, but even now I know that whatever you ask God, he will give you. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Well, I mean, first of all, he just got done telling her in verse 22, right? Well, I mean, Mary said, or Martha says, I know whatever you ask of God, he will give you. And then Jesus responds, your brother will rise again. And she half, kind of half gets it. She, Martha says, I know that he's going to rise again in the resurrection on the last day. It's not what he was talking about. Because, see, that makes more sense. But it's logical. Okay, it's kind of logical because we, you know, we read it in the word. But so is resurrection power. So is God raising the dead today. So Jesus says, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall Live. Let's read that. Let's say that again. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me. Do you believe in him? Yes. Though he may die, he shall live. You shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, he says to her? Though you, it says, if you believe in me, e even though you die, you're never going to die. You're going to live. You're going to live. Do you believe this? And she says, yes, Lord, I believe that you are Christ, the son of God. That's not the question. That wasn't the question. Oh, oh how, how beautifully religious that was in, in how she answered. Don't you love it when people twist it? Oh, yes, but I know that you're God and I believe. That's not what I said. She says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. God wants to do so much more. People shortchange themselves. That's the basically bottom line. Can I just tell you how it is? People shortchange themselves. People don't get what they could have got just because they stopped too short. They stopped at logic. They stopped at common sense. They stopped at, well, Lord, that sounds crazy, but I'm not going to tell you that. But I believe you are God and you can do all things. You know, they, oh, God can do all things, but they don't have an ounce of faith. No, we don't want that. Because people like that literally get shortchanged. Not because God's trying to withhold the blessing from you. But because the devil's testing you as well to see, are you going to press in for what God already said? Are you going to press in for what God already said? We already know that God is not a man that he should lie. That every word of God is going to remain the same. Every single word. It remains the same. His words are eternal. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He knows. And he's going to, he literally doesn't change his mind. When you're positioned with the impossible in front of you, you can't, please don't respond to the Lord with, Lord, it's okay, I trust you. Well, you know, I believe you can do all things. And then just you turn and you start to just fret and worry because your actions are literally exposing, counteracting. They're just, it's the truth. That's what you really believe. The devil's banking on that. He's banking on that. Hey, if you, have to, if you have to just say, Lord, you said, Lord, you said, Lord, you said, and if you have to scream it out, Lord, you said, and I'm standing on what you said, stop with the religious, you know, lingo. Because sometimes people, well, I want to be a good Christian, so, well, you know, Lord, it's, I believe that you can do all things. I believe you can. It's a trap that Satan laid for you. 
that you've walked in. So there are a lot of people that are being shortchanged, but not because God was shortchanging them. They took the delay, and they thought the delay was the final word of God because Satan set up another scenario, and they took it, and they settled, and they went, well, that's okay because God is good. Stop. Of course God is good. But if you have a word from God, and it's not apparent right now, don't let the delays cause you to forfeit the word of God. I don't know how, how else to, I don't know how else to tell you. Did that hit home for any of you? I'm trying to tell you in different ways. When you're praying and you're standing and believing, when you have that word from God, either you have it because you've been reading in your word and you've got the logos word or you have a rhema word. However you have it, but you have the word. Don't let the delay, the twists, there's a twist in the plot. Don't settle with the Christianese when you were really bowing to a demon but didn't know it. So we have to know what God, Jesus knew what the Father was doing at all times. That's why it says, oh, we waited a couple more days and then he went. So we, ha so we have to press into that too. This, you know, a lot of times when you read the story of, of Lazarus, you're literally talking about raising the dead. But I'm not talking about raising the dead tonight. I mean, that's one point. If that's what God's speaking to you, you could pull that out of it, of course. But that's not my point. It's not my focus tonight. My focus is on even Jesus, it would appear like there were delays. But it wasn't chaotic. It was a divine delay. And the divine delay did not cause him to get into a like a frenzy. He kept on pressing on. He knew the will of God. And so he continued because the word already was spoken. And the word is already spoken. The word is speaking now. You have the word. It's speaking to you. So you're going to hang on even when others think you are crazy and in denial. We'll jump down to verse 32. It says, then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, oh, I love this, Lord, <laughs> if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You can hear the grief in her voice, can't you? Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. He had feelings. He was human. He's fully God, but he was human. He had feelings. He groaned. He was troubled in spirit. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And he wept. He wept because he loved Lazarus, right? And then the Jews, some of the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? You always have those mockers there. You always have those that can't seem to see what God is doing. Instead, their heart is to always undo and pervert the will of God. So there's nothing new under the sun. Then Jesus again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave. And a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Church, take away the stone. Let the stone be taken away. 
Let the stone be taken away from your hearts. Let the stone be taken away. And Martha said, the sister of him who was dead said, Lord, by this time there's a stench for he's been dead for four days. So what? So what if it smells? So what? If there's a stench, you're about ready to see the greatest miracle. When there's a stone and it's been there for four days, the body has been there for four days, it's going to stink. When God delivers someone, it's a mess. But God can clean up that mess if you just give him access. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid that it's been too long and it's going to be a mess. He's in the business of cleaning up the messes and setting you free like you've never known before. True freedom. True freedom. That's the kind of freedom we want. That true freedom. Say, look at verse 40. Jesus says to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Did I not say? Did I not say that you just would believe me? I'm going to cause this thing to turn around for your good or for my glory. Did I not say? Oh, God, teach us to be people that don't go back, Lord, on your word, because we're in the midst of it all, in the thick of it. Help us to remember the word of faith and let that be the word that goes forth out of our mouths. Let us not meditate on anything else other than the word of faith that you spoke to us. Let your rhema word, Father God, be that which comes up and out of us, oh God. Yes, Lord, let the logos be that which comes up and out of us, God. Let it bubble up out of us, God. Let it rise up out of us, God, because we've been faithful to put it in. And let what we speak be in agreement with your word because the devil's waiting on your tongue, on your mouth to sabotage you with your own words. Turn it around and to destroy you with your own words. But you have the word of God. We have the word of God. So we are going to align our words with his word and we will not settle for the chaos. We will not allow the chaos. We will not allow, allow the delays to speak to us a different word. We're going to be faithful to the word. The word of God who walked amongst us. The word of God. We're going to be faithful to the word. We're not going to allow a delay to get us off track because there are too many casualties of war that took bait and settled for the delay. And God said, I never moved. I never stopped. I didn't change my mind. You did. I didn't change my mind. I didn't retract my blessing, my promises, I didn't take them back. You settled. We're not going to settle. We're going to be people that remember the word of the Lord. And no matter how bad it looks, how much death is around us, how much it stinks, how messy it may be, how ridiculous it may seem to many, we're going to stand firm on the truth. Mary and Martha learned a valuable lesson. It doesn't necessarily say that here. But we have to remember these are real people. And they saw firsthand their brother come back to life. Lazarus, come forth. Get rid of those grave clothes. Right? We know the end of the story. What do you think that did to them? Martha, that was so busy on being busy and doing what is right, what did it do to her? But, wow, the depth of intimacy that increased within her. But what about Mary that loved to sit at his feet and was so grieved and heartbroken? How much closer did this bring her to him? 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all 
with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. This is what we are to behold, to set our eyes on, and this is what we are to know we're also being transformed into. We are to look like our Father because we are like him.